This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. This week, I'm sharing with you a conversation I had with a mama named Nova. After a career in dance was ripped away from her, she discovered a new purpose in life, being a mama. We talk about how everyone has their own way of handling motherhood. This ferocious mama explains how she decided to take it on, describing it as liberating, primal, and instinctual. At the end of the day, she just wants to express to mothers out there, and future mothers out there as well, to just do your research, and then ultimately decide what's best for you and your baby. So without further ado, here's Nova. So you're in New York City, right? That's where you're joining us from? Yep, I'm in Harlem. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad we finally were able to connect. And so today I kind of wanted to talk a little bit. I mean, of course I want to hear your story, but one thing about you that really interests me is, you know, being a mom today can fortunately and unfortunately kind of come with many opinions and advice and recommendations and all of this from everyone, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yep. <laughs> and so I'm really looking into diving into this a little bit more with you, especially because on Instagram, you title yourself, which I think is so cool, as a baby wearer, contact napper, bed sharer, breastfeeder, and then I love this, believer in biological infant sleep, instincts, and kindness. And I just think that's really, really cool and really different and powerful to stand out like that as a mom and hold those things true and dear to you. So what made you, why have you decided to wear all of those titles? Wow. Thank you so much for for those words. You know, I think I was pretty shocked after I had given birth to my son, how much I, I didn't know and how much my instincts, it kind of almost just exploded within me. Um, after he was born, uh, I, you know, you hear put him on a flat surface, uh, away from you for, you know, SIDS, it's like all very scary. Everything feels so scary. And I, I really felt like there was no empowerment for the mother to be able to follow her instincts, the biological design of the baby and the, and the, the primary caregiver, which I'll just label as the mother just for this conversation, um, to make it easier just because I'm the, I'm a mother. Um, but you know, that, that connection is, is part of the biological survival of, of the baby, you know, in the caveman era, you know, all yeah, those human years ago. Nature. Yeah. Yeah. So babies are designed to do, to be with their primary caregiver, their mother, um, to feed through the night. Uh, and, you know, I thought sleep training was something of a rite of passage that all babies had to go through. I didn't understand that. Oh, I don't have to leave my child to cry all night. Um, actually, it's important that I that I go to him and fulfill whatever need he might have, which comfort is one of the needs of a, of a very young infant. And up until even five years, you know, they may wake through the night for those, you know, for that much time. And anyway, um, I guess I just felt all of this within me and I would watch my baby in the bassinet, not be able to fall asleep. And 
I'm just yearning just to hold him and let him sleep on me. And I just started researching and wanted to find out the science behind it all. So that's why I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to be a little bold and brazen, put a public Instagram account out and just kind of post things that, like you said, are very near to my heart and feel true to me. So that's kind of why I did it, because I just didn't know I was allowed to do it. Yeah, you just kind of wanted to own it, especially when it felt natural to you. Yes, and that is the most empowering thing. I just I just stepped into myself in a way that I hadn't been able to do since my injury um, many years ago. I'm kind of looking for that empowerment again. And once I just ditched all the books and the schedules and I was like, wait, I have all the answers within me. Let me listen to that. Because like you, you know, my instincts have always seemed to really be strong in me. And so many times I've, I've pushed them aside and the fallout from that can be pretty uh, disruptive. Um, so I was like, you know, let me listen to these instincts and let me do this and let me see if science backs it up. And it sure as heck does. It yeah. really does. So that's super empowering. And I just love it. I just... I had no idea how much I'd be in love with this journey. So let's dive back a little bit into the past and take us back to what life was like before you had your son. Mm. It was a lot of, a lot of uh, seeking and, you know, searching for the purpose um, because I grew up dancing, you know, since I was five years old, I danced, went to college, you know, danced after college and, you know, finally gone on the Broadway. And, you know, I, my whole life has been performing and working hard and going to auditions and just never stopping. And, you know, once the injury occurred, it stopped me dead in my tracks in 2013. And, you know, realizing several weeks into this injury, oh, okay, this is really severe and multiple surgeries year after year trying to heal from each surgery, um, it became almost just, I was almost, um, it was like my career just to try to heal. And all that comes with that, with the, with the severe pain. And when things aren't healing, the chronic pain that starts to set in, it really infiltrates all aspects of your life, you know, mentally and, um, you know, spiritually, all of that. Uh, so I was really seeking and searching for, for purpose. Do you mind diving in at all to and explaining what that injury was for our listeners? Yeah, so it was a foot injury um, that occurred while I was in Wicked uh, here in New York. And um, it was the first metatarsal area, so like the entire ball of the foot, every single kind of aspect of that area was completely just pretty much destroyed. So I um, started with, you know, a, a bunionectomy got like a bunion surgery, which was not, that was ill-advised and I shouldn't have gotten that. Um, and I switched doctors a couple years into it, realizing that there was no acknowledgement of my pain and, and what I was actually really going through. He was denying me my experience of what I was really feeling. Um, Cause you know, as dancers, we like, we push through it and that, you know, yeah. it took a lot for me to say, Hey, I feel like I'm walking on glass and, and this is very difficult, oh my gosh. you know, and being denied that uh, experience by a doctor was really unsettling. And it took me two years to leave him and find someone who would really listen and really hear, um, just really hear me. Uh, so switched doctors after two surgeries with that doctor and then got an additional 
she, she looked at me and she said, you know, we're going to have to fuse this joint. And this was in 2015, I believe. And she said, you know, you really have to, you, you know that you can't dance after this. Once you fuse that joint, you, you know, and I was trying to make peace with leaving my career. Um, I had two years of kind of going, well, maybe I'll never get better, but you know, always that hope hanging on to that hope that maybe, maybe I'll be able to yeah. do it again. And that was a pretty big shock. So when she said we had to fuse that, that joint, uh, you know, I just, I, you know, I cried and talked with my husband and I was like, Ooh, okay. I, she said, you know, this is going to be the thing that helps you, uh, pain wise. So I said, I've, I've got to choose this over, over my, my, the love of my life, you know? Yeah. So got it fused. And then, uh, several months later realized we had to take the hardware out of it, um, because it was extremely painful with, uh, with all those screws. So anyway, four surgeries later and multiple cortisone injections and nerve ablations. And, you know, 2017, I finally said, we've got to let this go. This is four years of just in and out of procedures and, trying to get back on my feet at every step and dealing with all of the other uh, residual stuff that comes with it, the back pain and the, the hip stuff. Cause you know, I was just using my right side to compensate for that left side. So a lot of other things started happening where I would be seized up. I could sometimes just couldn't walk. I couldn't get out of the house. Um, it just became this, I was just living in this world of chronic pain and debilitation. Mm. Um, and I just said, you know what? we got to stop doing all this. And finally decided in 20, the end of 2017, I applied to Kripalu School, Kripalu School of Yoga. Um, and I always wanted to delve into that. They, their practice is that you can be at any level of your um, ability and still teach. You can be at any age. And I just loved that. Yeah. And it just kind of, you can just meet yourself where you are and just have that experience. So I did so. And around that time of applying, my husband and I decided, you know what, no more surgeries in the future. You know, we, that's what we put, why we put off starting a family because each at every turn, you know, finally getting better after like six months trying to see, okay, maybe no more surgery. And then finding out we didn't, I didn't need another I was like, I just, I don't want to try to be getting pregnant during all of this. So we, we held off and I'm 41 now. And this, all this started in 2013, you know, and I was in my mid thirties. So I knew I was like, oh, we're playing with some time here. Um, and I know that it's possible later in life to get pregnant, but I just knew it was like, and people always like to remind me, you know, the clock's ticking and it's like, you know, I do know that. That doesn't help. <laughs> it sure doesn't. It sure doesn't, because it's like, we're pretty, we women, we're pretty aware of, yeah. of what's happening. And <laughs> so, you know, I was watching that maybe I might be sacrificing, you know, starting a family because I'm trying to heal this foot. And so anyway, after all of that, my husband and I decided around 2017, like I said, around the time I applied for the school, let's, let's start trying. <laughs> so we started, you know, in December of 2017, you know, and I didn't get pregnant at that time, but I went to Kripalu around February, 2018. And, um, it was the most transformative time besides becoming a mother. And, uh, I got back from Kripalu and we tried again and I, I became pregnant uh, in March of 2018, and I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. 
Um, so that's kind of been my journey up until, you know, the birth of my son, uh, you know, or sorry, getting pregnant with my son. Um, but yeah, I feel really, uh, really privileged and grateful uh, that that journey of becoming pregnant was not, uh, didn't take that long um, because I definitely expected it to take years and you know what you read and advanced maternal age and all of that, you know, I just expected, oh, this is going to be hard because everything else has been really hard. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's so interesting too, because like you spent your whole life before any of this, like you said, searching, which kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but I connect to it a hundred percent. And it wasn't until you had the injury you were forced to get back and sit down and settle with yourself and listen to yourself through a practice of yoga. And that all comes with meditation and slowing down and breathing. And it wasn't until then that your body was like, okay, now time for this new chapter. Here's a child, you know, it's so, it's so interesting how it wasn't until then. And then your body really listened and allowed that to open up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was a really wonderful culmination of so many years trying to get, trying to find that purpose again. Um, And, and I finally was making peace. I went through the whole grieving process of losing dance. And I mean, cause it was everything to me. I mean, it was my therapy. It was, I don't know, it could be common in dancers, but I know many dancers who feel the same. Um, It's just, you dive in and you are that's who you are. And I had to separate that. And I didn't know who I was without it. And I really had to sit with that, like you said. So thank you. That culmination was really extraordinary. And I'm just super grateful, super grateful. And what was your birth experience like? Was it fairly smooth? No, it was quite shocking. Um, A a test result had come back around 36 weeks. um, And it said I had a high level of bile acid or something, um, which is it's a special test that takes 10 days to come back. And my doctor called me a day before Thanksgiving and said, Hey, so we might have to induce you next week. I want you to go in tomorrow to the triage, the maternity triage unit in the hospital, just get checked, uh, get, um, monitored. So we went in Thanksgiving morning, 2018. And, uh, the doctor, because of my age and because I was going to be 37 weeks, uh, the next day, they said, we need to induce you because it, they diagnosed me with coleostasis, which was a condition I didn't even know about until that day. Um, the symptoms are itchy palms and feet, and it's usually super um, irritating. And I did not have any of those symptoms. So it was really shocking. And this condition is a pregnancy condition only, and it can be fatal to the baby. So they needed to get him out. So they started me on a drip of Pitocin. I was not dilated or faced nothing. I was, my body was not ready. Yeah. So everything that I, you know, envisioned for my birth, which um, was of course, you know, getting the yoga ball and like breathing and, you know, the dancer thing. It was none of that. I was tethered to a bunch of wires and had to go to the bathroom in a bedpan. So cervix balloon. Anyway, so yes, it was really quite, quite difficult. Um, And I tried to go without the epidural. But um, I think 18 hours in, I said, you know, I wasn't opening. And I was like, I think my body just needs to relax. And once I got the epidural, two hours later, I was pushing. Um, yeah. And he arrived the next day at 3.35 PM. 
It's kind of interesting too how that experience happened and then you decided to take the approach that you've taken. It's like you didn't really have much control or say your power over your pregnancy or maybe, sorry, not your pregnancy, but over your birth. And so once he was born, it was like, okay, I'm doing this my way. (laughs) Exactly. But you know, it actually took five days because they, so this is something that's actually still hard for me to reckon with. Um, I just started school for for lactation education counselor and they, there's a lecture about the first hour and I did not get that hour with him. And, you know, I, I still wish I would have just said, Hey, put my baby on the chest, my chest and let him be here with me, let him breastfeed. And they just kept him in that warmer for two hours while I sat in the bed uh, because his breathing was off. Um, so they were monitoring him. Um, and so what happened was he's kind of grunting and then they finally put him on my chest after two hours because a lactation, I think it was either the head of pediatric NICU, somebody said, put that baby on the mom's chest right now. And it was the most incredible feeling. It felt so right. And his breathing started to calm mm. and it was just, it was just beautiful. And I just, I'm trying to make peace with that and still reckon with that because he can't go back. But I just wish I would felt more empowered to say, no, put him here. Um, but you know, you trust the doctors and they, you think that they know best. And anyway, he, we were going to be wheeled to the room, you know, to the recovery room, me and him. And once we got to the room, the doctors were like, you know what, his grunting is still too much. So they took him to the NICU that night. And, um, I didn't get to breastfeed him until about three days later. Um, and so during that time, during that period, I would pump, I was taught to hand express my colostrum by the lactation consultants and then got on the hospital grade pump every two hours and pumped my milk. Cause I was like, I knew that that was best for him to get better. Um, and so that's what I did. And then three days later in the NICU, uh, a lactation consultant helped me latch him. And it was extraordinary. How would you describe this approach that you've chosen to take in motherhood? I think it's, uh, there's a liberation about it. Uh, I would say liberating, primal, uh, instinctual, empowering. um, To really say, I know what's best and to really know that I do. And I've never been somebody who could even speak like this. (laughs) So I think it's really interesting that that ferocity that kind of comes in when you bring a life in or you know it's it's something I just never knew could happen to me it's really empowering too because especially as a performer you know we often put control in other people's hands you know and so in an experience like this to kind of turn the tables around and say that no I know what's right I'm doing what I want to do yeah, and especially when it goes against the kind of the cultural expectations right now in the Western in Western society of how you should how you should care for your baby, which is separate. It's teach them to be independent right away, and that's it doesn't actually foster independence that way. They need the attachment before they can become independent. And I think it's just I wish that doctors in Western medicine would help empower mothers to know that that they know and, and to support them through that. Because I think most of it is they're, they're doubting themselves. I know I did until I started reading, but nobody gave me 
any information on safe bed sharing or anything like that. Cause it just, it's not, it, it's not something that's come into our society. It's, it's very um, taboo still, you know, like I feel sometimes I don't even say I do it because there's such uh, shame and taboo about it. Um, but I'm trying to, with that account, just trying to be more open about it and just share and say, Hey, you, we all have a choice. You don't have to do it this way. And I think the power of choice is extremely vital in motherhood. So what are some of those challenges that you've come up against? What are some of the biggest challenges? I think the biggest challenge is making sure I make time to to nourish myself. I think that has been a huge factor. No village here. It's just me and my husband. Um, And a lot of times he travels. So there have been many, many weeks where I'm just, it's just me and my son and finding a finding time to eat you know is very difficult and so i wasn't making any time for for myself um and that was starting to affect my mental health and i yeah that has been the biggest challenge for sure for sure yeah so even looking at your instagram handle the nap trapped mama <laughs> it's like you know it, it it's so eye opening and on the one hand you know it could be taken in a way that, you know, I don't know, that you, you feel trapped, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, well, I'm sure you feel that way, but it's freedom at the same time. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. That's the thing. It's like this crazy uh, juxtaposition of like, holy crap, there's so much I need to do, but he's sleeping on me and this is what he needs right now. And to find a way to navigate through that, making sure I'm set up with my my snacks and my water and just embracing it instead of fighting against it. Um, but it's a constant balance. Cause yeah, some days I'm like, Oh gosh, I just, I really need to go to the bathroom or, you know, my needs are always second. And that's, that's something that I've made peace with, but sometimes it, it's really difficult. It's, you know, we're human or can be selfish creatures. If you have to go to the bathroom, it's not really selfish. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so it is that not trap mama can be absolutely taken both ways because in the, some of the mom's groups that I follow on Facebook, which has been really helpful just for camaraderie and solidarity. Um, a lot of like-minded women on these groups and they, um, yeah, they share the same thing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm trapped, but I have so much to do, but you know, I'm just going to stay here and surrender. And it kind of follows, you know, this path that I've been taking since my injury surrender, you know, that also might be another good word for motherhood. Just surrender because it's always changing. It's going to always be changing. Anything you plan, anything you say you want to do at this time, it's probably, it may not happen. And to surrender to that instead of like, hold on to it and be like, no, but I got to do this. It's more about just being present, being in the moment and saying, no, this is what's happening right now. And I'm going to surrender and breathe and and embrace it and find gratitude within it. Well, and so many moms, you know, every mom has their own choice about how they're going to mother and then eventually parent and deal with this infant phase and all of that. And so this podcast is purely about showing different moms and their journey 
through motherhood. And so here I never want to judge or question or whatever. It's just your way is the best way for you. And that's what works. And then other moms can listen and say, oh, good, there's somebody else in that way or this way. But I can imagine that there is that dang level of shame that just comes in. And you mentioned the groups that you found. And, you know, I have one of my best friends battled with this back and forth. And she tried so long not to do bed sharing because she did have some mom shaming toward that. And then she found, I have no other choice. I just have to do this. And so what do you say to the moms who are stuck in that place where they haven't been able to find that power within them yet to say, this is what I want to do. And then also, what do you say to them? The same moms who are coming up against some shame and just pushing past that. How do you push past that? Mm. That's a great question. I think it's a constant daily practice to do so, to stand in your own power and say, this is my child. and. Um, and know that you're, you're mothering from a place of love. I would say research, research the science behind all of these things to make your own choice, to say, oh, that makes sense to me. Maybe it won't make sense, or maybe it will make sense. Um, I say, do, do the research. Dr. James McKenna has some amazing stuff on um, infant sleep. And just what we're what they're designed to do. So babies are in a modern era, but babies haven't changed since the you know like their needs haven't changed, but our society has. So we're trying to fit these babies into a modern society, and it's very challenging. Moms have to go back to work very soon, um, and they feel they have no other option than to do you know sleep train and. Um, you know, these types of things because they need to survive. Um, and so I would just say there are ways around it and there are support for the moms who go back to work and, um, you know, just find your tribe, find like-minded people and just do your best to drown out the noise because no one knows what's best for your child but you. So you mentioned earlier, too, that you're studying to be a lactation education counselor. So I'm sure just your experience inspired you, but what inspired you to do that? That absolutely. I think all the help I got in the hospital, I realized, you know, without that team and without me asking for, hey, is there a lactation consultant present? I I have no idea what to do because you don't really get that while you're pregnant, no one talks about what happens right after the birth. You're just preparing for the birth the entire time. Um, And so I realized, wow, without that support, I would not have known what to do. And it is a really challenging experience. Um, Maybe some people find it very easy. The baby latches right away and it's like this magical thing. But most mothers I've talked to and most things that I've read, it's very challenging and it is biological, but doesn't mean it feels like it comes naturally. There's technique to it to get the baby on without, you know, a painful latch and all that guidance is so important. And I just want to be a part of that for, for other families um, because there's just not a village anymore where you're watching your aunts and your, you know, your 
mothers and your grandmothers aren't coming in saying, oh, this is what I did. That's not happening anymore, especially with the onset of, you know, the formula industry coming in mid-century. You know, breastfeeding became taboo in our, especially in our country here. Um, so I think, you know, getting back to like what, what your body for most women is designed to do. Um, some women do have trouble with supply and I don't want to say it's a hundred percent. Oh, this is natural. And this is what happens. But just to know that here's the information, here's the choice to do so. And I want to be a part of that, that village for women to empower them with choice. That's so awesome. And I think that breastfeeding from what I've learned from moms is one of the most amazing and one of the most scary things to dive into. (laughs) And there's so much back and forth about it that you're just not really told or prepared for until the moment happens. And so to turn around and give that support to other moms is, is really, really cool. And I've loved how outward and open you are just about showing your birth experience right on, right on Instagram. I think it's really important. Thank you so much. I feel like if we can just normalize it and start talking about it, you know, and you'll realize how not alone you are. I mean, it's incredible. You know, social media in in the way of supporting new parents, it's it's been really helpful because you're just like looking for like, hey, is this normal? Is this, you know, and you'll find that so many people have very similar experiences, very similar challenges in, in their marriage and with their breastfeeding journey. You know, once you feel like you're not alone, I don't know, there's a sense of like, okay, okay, I'm going to stop doubting. Yeah. I can do this. You know, I don't know. I feel like that's a huge piece of, of parenthood is just feeling like you're not all alone on an island. Yeah. You have that community, even if you don't, literally have a community like some people do. Yeah. Yeah. It's been helpful. So I say to those moms who are down, just find, find your tribe and and research the science behind stuff, you know, the neurology, the neuroscience in babies and just to understand what they're designed to do can really help. So you mentioned Dr. James McKenna, and I'll put um, some information about him on the show notes, but also are there any other links or websites or people to follow or groups that people could check out if they're looking for some guidance? Yes. Um, there are some groups that I love, love, love online that uh, a lot of solidarity. One is actually called um, Biologically Normal, uh, sorry, Biological Infant Sleep Group. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Biological Infant Sleep. Yes. Um, I can double check it too. Yeah. And that's a Facebook group? That's a Facebook group. It's a private group. Um, You just have to answer like three questions. Super, super easy to join. Um, I love uh, the Beyond Sleep Training Project actually was a huge resource for me when I was starting out bed sharing. Um, Realizing, oh, I'm not alone. The baby only wants to sleep on me. You'll get a lot of solidarity there. A lot. Um, So the Beyond Sleep Training Project. Um, I would highly recommend La Leche League their website, and also their books, uh, Sweet Sleep. I would highly recommend that to any new mother. I wish I had that right off the bat. It's amazing. Um, And then they have some private groups as well for breastfeeding, for, you know, any challenges you might be facing. 
I love Raised Good. That's a great website. Nurture Neuroscience is one of my favorites as well. Nurture Neuroscience is a, a page that I follow. Fantastic information about the biology of infants and, and caregivers and all of that. The blessing of social media and all of this world nowadays is that we have access to all of these people. Yeah. The curse is that we do get those naysayers and that pushback and that shame. But I think if we can just focus in and, you know, go to what inspires us, block all that other noise out, <laughs> it at least gives you a little bit of, you know, support and encouragement. Yes. That's all, that's all we need as parents, right? We don't, I'm not here to shame anyone who, who sleep trains or anything like that. It's more about, Hey, here, here are some options. I don't know if you knew about it, but, and not that I offer advice to someone right off the bat. It's like more about my page and what I'm putting out there. Just say, Hey, there's another way. If it, if it speaks to you, let's delve in. If not, you know, you know, what's best for your baby. And, you know, I think informed is best. That's, I believe in that phrase more than anything else, you know, informed is best. You have the information, you, you make the choice from there. And I think, uh, the West, I think Western medicine has really done us a disservice as parents because they're not giving us the other side of it. They're not giving us the biological norms of infant sleep. They're saying, Oh, they should be sleeping already. What does that do to a mother who just had a baby three months ago? It's like, no, but they're not. And you think you're doing something wrong. So I just wish there was a balance of information and that's what I'm trying to kind of do just to know there's other ways. And yeah. Well, and the coolest thing is like, you're not there to sell. You're not there to advertise. You're just there to share your experience. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really empowering. Thank you for all of those links and we'll put those all in the show notes so everyone can find them easily and quickly. Um, But definitely make sure you go on Instagram and check out Nova at the nap trapped mama <laughs> brilliant name <laughs> oh my gosh. and um you know you can commiserate with some of her photos and and share as well oh this is it's just really really interesting and cool to see someone who's come from if I dare say kind of a dark place and a, and a, a place that was searching and seeking as you said to pain and and recovery and I imagine at some time you felt a little bit lost to then giving birth to a life and inspiring that life and then having maybe a little bit of pushback and just deciding you know I'm gonna break through these walls I'm I'm just visualizing this kind of drawing if someone were to draw you you know just kind of owning yourself with your baby and I just think it's a beautiful thing. And I know that whatever your choice is that you decide as a mom is fabulous for you. And if you find yourself though, in a place that you're looking for the support and you're looking for the encouragement to do things a little bit off the beaten path of today's society, that's okay. And there are people like Nova there to, to support you. I think that's really, really cool what you're doing. And I just, I commend you for, for being strong and doing that because not everyone would have that strength and empowerment. Thank you so much. And thank you for having this podcast so, you know, we can share our experiences and create a little, a little village here. I think that is just so, so extraordinary what you're doing. So thank you for 
listening and sharing. Of course, you're welcome. And I'm sure if anyone wants to connect with Nova about her experience, she can. you can either reach out to her directly or you can send me an email and I'll connect you. Um, but my very last question, and then I'll let you get back to your little guy, <laughs> is um, we didn't talk much about him, but clearly he's been a life changer. <laughs> and so what is something that you would like to tell him now for when he is 18? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so, um, that's amazing. Um, I don't want time to speed up, but just in looking at <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. There's so much I would want to say. Um, oh my God. It's beautiful. Sorry. I have tears in my eyes. Um, that he is a gift and that his life is his and he, he'll, he'll never have to walk alone. He will always have us to support him, but give him the wings to fly, to find his happiness and his inner, his inner peace. Yeah. I'll, I'm sure that'll change in three minutes. Want to say something else? <laughs> wow. That's really cool though. Uh, yeah. I think about that all the time though, when he's older and what that's going to be like. But you're right. Let's not speed up time, right? <laughs> exactly. You just lay with him and hold him and <laughs> as long as you can. Oh, or he's turning around and wanting his phone or something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's oh, thank you so much for taking your time. I know it's tricky to get away from that cutie, but <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. This is great for me too. Thanks for letting me share through my mom brain and, and again thank you for all you do you're you're really giving some amazing stuff to to parents <laughs> and absolutely the pumping podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms and i am your host i'm not yet a mama i'm a mama in training if you're enjoying what you hear please take a minute on itunes to subscribe rate and review so more mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding if you'd like to be a guest and share your story, email me at thepumpingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me if you have any questions for any of my guests, and I will reach out, get those answers, and relay them to you in a follow-up episode. A big thank you to my friends Ashley and Kelly for the use of their baby's laughter, and my dear friend Erin Adams for writing my gorgeous theme song. You can follow along on Instagram at thepumpingpodcast, and go ahead and share the podcast with a mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping. <laughs>